0: I see as fate would have it, you've returned yet again to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop and I, uh, your shopkeeper, Chris Baker. I'm quite glad to see you've returned. Uh, I've got something peculiar here to show you. Where did I put that? Oh, yes, yes. I always keep uh, little trinkets like these in this uh, soapstone container. Little minerals and samples of... Uh, stone and uh, little geographical fragments. And this right here, uh, this little piece of, uh, I I don't know what you would call it. It's a mineral of sort. Uh, Sometimes it's found in its solid state, sometimes granular, sometimes... It's even in a liquid state. It's a very peculiar mineral, to say the least. And if you spend much time interacting with it, you may find that time has slipped away. Whether that's to the past or the future, well, that remains to be seen. Because this mineral is a mineral not unlike that, which is found in a new Amazon Prime original series. So let's pull out the mutoscope and take a look at Outer Range. Now, I've heard Outer Range is described as a a neo-Western mystery thriller with a bit of science fiction, and I think that's probably a pretty good way to put it. Uh, Although it wasn't what I was expecting it to be, when I first saw the trailer for Outer Range, I really felt, especially with the Outer Range Name. I thought it was maybe a play on outer space. Uh, You see this hole that is very integral to the story of Outer Range. uh, Felt like a crop circle, or in just the previews, looked like maybe uh, a bit of grass burnt by a UFO. I thought this was going to be like a UFO story, an alien story of some sort. I was so wrong on so many levels with that, but uh, but it became so much more interesting than just a typical alien invasion, alien visitation show. Uh, this show is multifaceted. Uh, it's got a lot going on and it really draws, I think, from a lot of inspiration. I mean, if I were going to categorize this show I, I don't even know if I could do it succinctly with just one it's like this because you have the the neo-western aspect of it that uh, you get in shows like Yellowstone right now uh, it's got that new western feel it's got a bit of mystery about it like like a lost uh, it's got science fiction elements like the the move, or actually the TV series, uh, Dark, uh, time travel elements. Uh, you know, spoiler alert if you haven't watched the show, but uh, really this is going to be, I'm going to try not to be too spoilery uh, at the beginning, uh, but we're going to end with some spoilers because there are some big reveals, but be careful. There's probably going to be spoils throughout this, but you do have that time travel element of a show like Dark. Uh, you get that uneasiness And the bizarre nature and the what the F did I just watch feel of something like Twin Peaks. You throw all those TV series in a blender and I think you've got a fair representation of Outer Range. And... One of the things that really drew me to this is one the science fiction element of it. Uh, it just seems so odd in the the trailer. Uh, what's going on? What what is this all about? Uh, the next thing that really drew me to this was the cast. And like I said, this is a multifaceted story. There's a lot going on here. It gets kind of complicated with with all the questions that are raised, and some of those questions answered to a degree, but never fully. So what I'm going to do is kind of break this down, kind of how I've done before. Uh, We're going to talk about the characters. Uh, We're going to talk about the actors that play those characters and those characters' roles throughout this series and kind of tell the story that way. I mean... Broad strokes, this is about the Abbott family. They're Wyoming ranchers. They're in a land dispute with their neighboring family, uh, the Tillersons. And the Tillersons want a piece of the Abbott ranch, a piece of the property that uh, they kind of share the border on. And there's a mystery as to why this uh, Wayne Tillerson uh, wants this piece of property. And we find out really quickly that he is going through nefarious channels to get this. He is paid off a, a surveyor to lay claim to this chunk of land. So you got these two families at odds and you find out very quick that the Abbott Ranch has a secret. This big, gaping, seemingly bottomless hole that the abbot patriarch royal abbot played by josh brolin which like i said we'll talk about him here a little bit uh he he discovers it but has he really just discovered it or has he always known about it or about something like it and that really sets up the basis for what happens in outer range so getting down to this cast the cast is fantastic i really enjoyed a lot of the big names that i knew uh, your Josh Brolins, your Lily Taylors, your Will pattons These are all heavy hitters in the acting world that I've I've loved a lot of their work. Uh, you also had some newer actors that I'm not familiar with, but looking forward to more from them. Lewis Pullman, uh, son of the great Bill Pullman, is going to be in the new Salem's Lot remake that they're doing. Really excited about uh, seeing him in that, but I wasn't really familiar with his work. So I was really excited to see him in this. There's a lot of Actors from Canada in this because I, I imagine they probably did a lot of filming up in the the plains of Canada, a good stand-in for Wyoming. But uh, there's a lot of Canadian actors who are big. They've got you know big laundry list of uh, TV and film credits up in Canada, but maybe we don't know as much about him them down here in the states. Uh, so really got to to see some of those actors and actresses on display, and really I, I enjoyed the the cast in its entirety because i think they really played into the drama of this the mystery of this i mean this is kind of like a powder keg ready to blow type of show i I don't want to say a slow burn because it doesn't feel like it it's constantly building each episode bigger 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 it feels like a keg of gunpowder with a really long fuse Or a pressure cooker that is getting no release valve turned. And you know it's going to go off eventually. But it's just kind of wait. 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 Then boom. And the cast really lent itself to that. Everybody in this story uh, has their own pressure valve that's not being released. And everybody has this... Bit of tension that is going to make them ex- explode eventually. And it all leads up to a kind of an explosive ending. But until you get there, you're wondering what the hell am I watching? Where's this going? What's going on? And I think that's what made this show uh, a fun show to watch because of the the questions upon questions and the questions have more questions and you don't really get any answers until that kind of explosion of what happens the climax and the explosion of information we kind of get at the end so looking at this cast you've got this patriarch of the abbott family josh brolin he plays royal abbott He's a husband to Cecilia. He's the father to Rhett and Perry. Well, we'll talk about all of them, but this is he—he he plays the cowboy really well. And I, I've always been a huge Josh Brolin fan. Of course, from Goonies, uh, his work on Young Riders, uh, all the way up until the stuff he's done more recently, like uh, you know playing Thanos and and all the work he's done in between here and there. I've just always uh, loved Josh Brolin as an actor. And he, yeah, like I said, he plays that that cowboy. You believe he's from Wyoming. You believe he's a rancher. And he's, you know, the strong, silent type. Uh, he's the head of the family, what he says goes. But we learn really early on, he's, he's a guy with a past. He's got secrets. And as Stephen King told us in Pet Sematary, uh, women think they're the ones that are good at keeping secrets, but uh, uh, no one knows the soil of a man's heart. A man's heart is, uh soil of a man's heart is stonier, and Josh Brolin's character, Royal Abbott, kind of epitomizes that because he discovers this big hole on his property, and at first you think maybe this is the first time he's discovered it, but uh, as this show goes on, uh, we learn more and more that this may not be his first interaction. With this anomaly on his property. He runs across a young lady, Autumn Rivers, who wants to camp out on his ranch. And just the interaction with the two of them is very awkward. And while he doesn't seem to know her, she seems to have some idea about who he is. And we'll talk about that when we get to that character. But Royal Abbott is. The type of man who will do whatever it takes to protect his family. And like I said, what he says goes, and the family follows suit. And that really kind of leads everybody down a dark path, whether it was well intentioned or not. You know, he's the kind of guy that will do unscrupulous things if the intention is good, if it's about protecting his family. And I think Josh Brolin really plays that strength. He plays that uh, that determination. He plays that darkness of a man who has a past and who has secrets uh, lying just under the surface. And and I really enjoyed him as this character. Now, speaking of the Autumn character, she is kind of the antagonist to Josh Brolin's Royal Abbot. And, of course, she's played by Emojan uh, Poots. And I really didn't remember her. I wasn't really sure if I'd seen her some places, but I, I did find out, you know, she has been in a lot of stuff. Of course, she was in V for Vendetta as a, a young, uh, younger version of the Valerie character. Uh, 28 weeks later, she was in that. She was in the remake of Fright Night back in, oh, what was that? 2011? More recently, uh, she was in one of my favorite movies of 2019, uh, Vivarium, with Jesse Eisenberg. She played the Gemma character. Really loved that creepy, odd story, and it, it really kind of lent itself. I mean, that, that's the type of uh, show that Outer Range felt like, the what-the-hell-is-going-on-here sort of movie and, and TV show that uh, she apparently gravitates to those types of roles, but uh, she was also in the uh, remake of, of Black Christmas here in 2019, as well. So she's been around, and I've seen, you know, you've seen her if you may not remember seeing her, and she really plays this Autumn Rivers character. I believe her last name was Rivers, but Autumn, uh, she's come to stay on the Abbott Ranch. Uh, she doesn't even give a really good reason why, but she has. Uh, secrets as well. And she comes across as knowing royal secrets. Uh, she talks to Royal as if she may know him in some way. And there was a part of me that felt they have to be related somehow. I wasn't sure exactly how. It, it's revealed... That Josh Brolin's royal abbot character came to the Abbott ranch as a small child, as an orphan, a runaway. He was taken in by the abbots, essentially adopted by them, and ended up marrying their daughter. And now they run the ranch. But at some point, he mentions that he did have a mother and a sister that he left. Uh, when he ran away because of something that happened with his father so I, I wondered if she were was a, a niece or, or somehow or like a sister a, a very very young sister that has maybe come out of the woodworks i I felt like there was a history there that had some familial tie now it I wasn't far from the truth uh, but we'll get into that uh, a little bit later but uh, but this autumn character just, she comes across as a manipulator. She is trying to pull the strings. She knows things that other people don't know. She knows things that Royal doesn't know or doesn't realize that she knows. And she is, like I said, she's trying to pull the strings. She knows there's something on this land that's special. And she wants it. And you get a lot of really good, creepy scenes between the two of them. Emojan Poots and and Josh Brolin. Because, uh, you know, she plays the the young manipulator. She kind of comes across as a hippie chick. You know, he's the, the strong, silent cowboy type. And they just always seem to be butting heads about something. He doesn't trust her. Uh, because she really makes no no bones about the fact that she knows him and he can't put his finger on why she thinks she knows him or who he is, which really rants up the antagonism between the two. Now, Lily Taylor plays uh, Celia Abbott. She is the wife of Royal Abbott. It's her family's farm that, uh, that they live on. And she really doesn't have a lot in this story but what she does have is pretty powerful stuff because she's the matriarch of this family she's the one that uh, while royal doesn't seem to have much faith Uh, She is a a woman of faith, a strong woman of faith. Uh, She's holding the family together at times. Uh, You know, she seems like the woman that's put up with a lot of shit from Royal because, you know, he's the kind of guy that strong, silent type, like I said, and she probably puts up with a lot of his nonsense just because she loves him. And she she understands him, while she wishes he would probably open up a little bit more and not be so secretive. Uh, she deals with it; she's dealt with it for for decades. But even her character, much like Royal and and Autumn, they're at odds, and that uh, antagonistic relationship between the two of them. Uh, she wants something; he wants to keep things hidden, and that builds and builds and builds till an explosion she is dealing with trying to keep this family together through all the trials and tribulations that they go through that uh that she also has her powder keg uh fuse lit and there's a lot of this uh TV series where it feels like things are rolling out of control and she can no longer hold the family together. She can no longer keep control and keep a lid on things. And and that starts to to make her faith suffer. She goes from uh, a woman of strong faith going to church and and Bible study and all that to at the very end she has that powerful scene where her granddaughter Amy is missing. Amy's gone. Amy's gone. Turns into it very much a hold or hold the door sort of situation. Amy's gone turns into God's gone, and and that's where she she falls. You know, the family uh, by the end of this series uh, is in such disarray that she feels like God has abandoned her, and and you get some very powerful scenes, uh, and it could come across as a bit melodramatic, and maybe at times it does slightly but it works for the character. It works for Lily Taylor as an actress and it it works for, for what this is trying to do, what this is trying to set up. So I really loved her in this, uh, in this role. Uh, The two sons, uh, Perry Abbott, he's the eldest son. Uh, He is the father of Amy. He is in a situation where his wife has disappeared. When we meet him, some people, Point the finger at him. He did something, uh, but everyone's pretty pretty certain that he hadn't done anything to uh, to do in his wife Rebecca. He is played by Tom Pelfrey, which uh, an actor that I'm not terribly familiar with. I know he's done quite a bit, maybe not in movies, but he's he's been on a lot of TV series. Over the past, you know, what, 15 years or so. I know he's on that series Ozark on Netflix that uh, I've always wanted to watch but never really taken the time to watch. But uh, he's a good guy with a temper, which does open up the door to wondering if maybe he did something ill-conceived and nefarious to have his wife, Rebecca, disappear. But he constantly lives with that, that melancholy uh, feel about him. He's got a dark cloud over his head. You know, he's trying to raise his young daughter and still not giving up hope that his wife might be found or, or come back. And he's a very troubled character. Now, his younger brother, Rhett, played by Lewis Pullman, which again, like I said, I was really excited because I didn't really, I, I hadn't really had much opportunity to see a lot of Lewis Pullman's work. Uh, And I know he's coming up in the big uh, remake of Salem's Lot, which I'm really excited about. So I was really happy to see him in this role to kind of get a sense of, uh, do I think he's going to play a good Ben Mears in Salem's Lot? And I really enjoyed him in this role. You know, he's the younger brother. He's the son that is trying to follow in his dad's footsteps and become a champion bull rider. Uh, a lot of pressure there. He's the kid that always wanted to get out of town but probably never did. Because, you know, you just you stay on the family farm. You work the farm. He was happy just banging chicks and... Winning bull riding rodeo competitions. But much like everyone in this family loyal to a fault. When Perry uh, gets into a fight and accidentally kills uh, the oldest Tillerson boy, Trevor Tillerson. And the whole family uh, works in covering it up. Noah Reed plays Billy Tillerson, the youngest of the Tillerson boys, and probably the Tillerson boy that had the most to do in this uh, because he gets into a relationship with the Autumn character, and those two had some of the most uneasy uncomfortable scenes not not as actors I thought they they played well as as actors but they did some scenes that just made you uncomfortable the kissing scenes with a lot of open air tongue action that just like it's like oh what the hell and 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 the Billy character of course Noah Reed's a Canadian actor and singer and And they had this Billy character singing all the time. He would be constantly singing like Fleetwood Mac. And there was a rendition of Every Rose Has Its Thorn. And (laughs) Save the Best for Last by Vanessa Williams. Uh, That scene with him and Emojan Poots as as Autumn uh, was just awkward. Because anybody who just bursts out into song for no damn reason those type of people always make other people uncomfortable. I'm just if you're one of those people that just busts in the song, like when you and your friends are all just hanging out and you just start singing, you're making everyone else uncomfortable. And it's coming off as a little bit creepy and we've got our eye on you. Just saying. But <laughs> but Noah Reed really plays this Billy character. Uh, there's a wide-eyed innocence about him. Uh, he seems like the type of young man that that could be manipulated. And there's some cult aspects in the Autumn character. She's asked if she's ever been in a cult before, and she says yes. And and as we find out, it's probably she's the leader of a cult in some way shape or form and the billy tillerson character comes across as that follower that that a leader of a cult needs now the elder tillerson boy luke tillerson played by uh sean sippos uh he he did a good job uh he's not a a, an actor i'm i'm terribly familiar with although i know he has done i mean he was in final destination 2 the grudge 2 Texas Chainsaw 3D. I mean, he's done some genre stuff. He's done uh, quite a bit of work. A lot of a lot of TV work. CSI Miami, ER, uh, that sort of stuff. Nothing that I really watch. But he's he's been on he's been on things before. I mean, he's he's an accomplished actor, and and I thought he did fine with this. You know, he kind of plays the asshole brother of the Tillerson family, and has kind of a love-hate relationship with his uh, brother, Billy. Their mother who shows up later, uh, Patricia Tillerson, played by uh, Deidre O'Connell, another actress who's who's done tons of work throughout the years in TV and, and whatnot. Uh, you probably recognize her, but probably don't know where from. Uh, she has an odd relationship with, with Luke and with Billy and another aspect that really kind of adds to the oddity and the strangeness of this series and while we're wrapping up the uh, Tillerson's uh Wayne Tillerson played by the incomparable uh Will Patton just love this guy I love anything he shows up in I'm just a, a huge fan of his I love he's got such a great delivery of lines because he kind of chews on the words a little bit and I I just I love his he's got such a unique uh, vocal style and he can play he can play insanity like not batshit crazy insanity, but obsessive Captain Ahab style insanity, uh, searching for the white whale. And that's really kind of what he is in this because he's after the the Abbot land because he knows there's something there. He knows he can't put his finger on it, but he knows it's there, and he's got to have it. He knows there's value there. He's not sure if that value is monetary or some sort of power, but he knows it's there, and he wants it. He's got to have it. He's the kind of guy that hunts for sport, hunts for trophy. You know, their walls are covered in stuffed owls and stuffed, uh, stuffed bison and you know, he's, he's the kind of guy that wants something and he goes and takes it. And of course, as I said earlier, he's gone through nefarious channels, uh, paying off people to, to have uh, lines redrawn or made to look like he really has a claim to this, this piece of Abbott property that he knows there's something there. So he's, Uh, You know, and sometimes he's not painted in a completely villainous light, but he's not a good guy. He's not, he's not the good guy in this. In spite of all of Josh Brolin's Royal Abbott's shortcomings, you know, he, he keeps secrets and he does things he does to protect his family. Uh, Will Patton's Wayne Tillerson does what he does because he wants more. He wants power. He wants to take what he can't buy. And just a, a couple more characters to talk about. Of course, Olivia Abercrombie. She plays Amy Abbott. She's the nine-year-old daughter of Perry. Again, a, a fine young actress. Didn't have a ton to do, but uh, but her character really is integral in this story in ways that I'll talk about when we get into the more spoilery aspects of this. But she does a, a fine job as a young actress. Now, one last actor I want to talk about. Uh, actually, well, I take that back too. Because uh, Tamara Podemski plays Deputy Sheriff Joy, and she's probably one of the more interesting characters. I mean, there's a lot of interesting characters, a lot of characters that you can really empathize with and sympathize with, but uh, she is one of the more happy-go-lucky, at least to begin with, characters. She really fits the name Joy. Uh, She's a Native American. She's the sheriff deputy. Something happened to the sheriff, so she's running for sheriff of this town in wyoming trying to put on a good face for everyone trying to you know just just keep the peace keep on keeping on and she gets caught up in the middle of all this in the middle of an election and and that's where her her story really takes some twists and turns because you know she's trying to win this election and trying to keep everyone happy and she's in the middle of this feud between these two families she's got the dead tillerson boy that they're hell bent on blaming the abbots the abbots are hell bent on covering up that perry killed trevor tillerson accidentally but he killed him and she's trying to uncover the mystery of what happened to the body because the the abbots disposed of it Uh, royal threw it in this bottomless pit but she's, like I said, probably one of the more interesting characters because you know this is this is white bread Wyoming community, and she's a, a Native American who's running for sheriff. And not only is she a Native American, but she's lesbian. So those two aspects really come into play uh, as to her feeling accepted by the community. It comes into play. With her trying to break barriers, to break glass ceilings. You know, they mentioned more than once that, you know, uh, for her to become sheriff is a big deal because she'd be the first Native American sheriff of this town, uh, let alone Native American lesbian uh, sheriff of this town. So uh, there's a lot of aspects of that. You get a little bit, uh, maybe towards the end, about her heritage as a Native American and kind of some commentary on that sort of heritage being erased and then kind of a revelation she has late really kind of, I don't know if it plays into that or is a commentary on that, but it's an interesting fact. And like I said, we'll kind of get into that when I get into the more spoilery section of things. But one last character I got to talk about is uh, Matthew Marr, who you've seen him pop up. I mean, he's popped up and stuff. Uh, from Kevin Smith's Dogma. You know, he gets little bit parts. Bar, he plays lots of bartenders and that uh, sort of thing over the years. He was in, had a bit part in Captain Marvel. But most recently, uh, my wife and I have been watching, or we had watched uh, till we finished the, uh, the first season, Our Flag Means Death with Taika Waititi. And just a, a stunning cast of hilarious actors. And Matthew Marr plays Black Pete, uh, one of the main cast characters in this, and just hilarious. And I like how they used him kind of in a bit of a comic relief role. I mean, he plays this deputy who isn't comic relief in the atypical comic relief sense, but he knows how to deliver uh, a, just a little line and say it just right and and get some laughs. Uh, so he had some really light moments, which this show really needed, some moments of levity because it is heavy and it is deep and it has a lot of weight going on here. Like I said, this this whole show and each individual character, each individual character is like its own individual pressure cooker and they're all building pressure to go off at the same time and you need little little bits here and there to kind of break that tension and I think uh, Matthew Marr really did... Uh, a good job what little they used them sparingly but uh when he did have a scene he really he really nailed the the little bits of levity and really helped kind of like i said break the tension of this very very heavy subject matter now i think this is probably the point in the program if you flip to your uh program guide uh this is probably we're going to get a little spoilery because we are going to talk a little more about what this show is about this big gaping hole and and the big revelations that we get in this series. Because there's this giant hole that we find out as Autumn pushes Royal into it. Because Royal's been using it as his own personal dumping ground. <laughs> this big hole is where he dumped the body of Trevor Tillerson. And as we found out, that didn't last long. But Autumn pushes Royal royal into this hole after he dumps trevor's body into it and we see royal fall into the future he comes out of the hole on the other side and he's probably I mean, it's at least a couple years in the future because when he runs into future Celia, she says, you've been dead for two years. So we got to imagine it's at least two years in the future. Uh, They're on his property, but she says that they don't own it anymore. There's all these big lights, a countdown clock, autumn, a future version of autumn is there uh, wearing this yellow shirt with a bunch of other people that have yellow shirts and this Kind of stone mineral necklace that she's wearing, uh, which kind of ties into the ideas that she uh, she is a bit of a cult type leader, a David Koresh type leader uh, of some sort of cult that has to do with whatever's going on on the Abbott property. When Royal gets his hands on this necklace that she has at, at one point, and uh, there's a mineral, in, it's a mineral encased in amber. And I can't remember if it's then that she says that that mineral is time, but that really is what this is all about. This hole allows people to travel through time. This mineral that's causing this hole, which we see in various forms throughout this. Luke Tillerson is digging up holes in the Abbott property late. He comes across this like crude oil version of this of this mineral. There's a scene where Sheriff Deputy Joy is following almost like a breadcrumb trail of this mineral leading through the woods. Uh, where it takes her, we'll talk about that coming up. But uh, there's some mineral that is on this property and is causing all these time anomalies. We keep seeing this uh, buffalo, this wild buffalo with Indian arrows sticking out of it, constantly showing up throughout this series. You have to imagine it came from the past. So really, you know, they they tease this without really teasing it. I mean, you have to know it has something to do with time travel and but you don't understand the why. The weather twos and the why fours. What's making this happen? What are the rules of all this? Because we see like when Luke Tillerson is digging up this this crude oil version of this mineral, and then all of a sudden all these bison just bust out like water from a spigot. We see Sheriff Deputy Joy uh, follow this almost breadcrumb trail of this, this black mineral through the woods. And I don't know. I, I heard a lot of people say it takes her back in time. I don't know if it takes her back in time to the 1800s. Or if somehow the 1800s come into our time, but at the end of this trail, she finds this open prairie with this Native American settlement and the the tepees and uh, big herds of buffalo, and they're hunting the buffalo. And so I, I, I'm not really sure. Yeah did did she go to the 1800s? Did the 1800s come to modern day through one of these portals? Uh, that's a that's a big question mark that was left at the end of this and if I don't see a mastodon in season two I might write because I kept talking about somebody seeing a mastodon another big question mark at the end of this is the one I think that is answered and it was something that I kind of uh, caught on early that I wasn't sure if Josh Brolin's royal abbot character was from our time I didn't think he was from as far back as he was but they have a scene there, one of the last couple episodes, where it's revealed that Josh Brolin, as a young kid, was out hunting with his father, accidentally shoots his father. He's afraid. Uh, he runs, falls into this hole. And we, we find out, as they reveal you know, his clothes, his father's clothes, his mother and sister's clothes, as he catches a glimpse of them, uh, they're in the 1800s, 1886 to be exact. Uh, He's scared that he killed his father. Uh, He can't drag his father back, so he runs away and falls into one of these bottomless pits. And he comes out the other side in 1968 and scares the bejesus out of who I imagine is a young version of Wayne Tillerson, the uh, Will Patton character. Which I have to imagine that's going to play into things later uh, when we get hopefully a second season because Wayne Tillerson obviously knows more about things than he's either remembering or is admitting. Uh, Josh Brolin's Royal Abbott knows more about what's going on than he he was letting on or admitting. Royal Abbott is from 1886. Uh, he's come to 1968. That's when he meets with the Abbott family, becomes a part of their family, marries their daughter, and owns the land. And I think that really is kind of a... Uh, a bit of a MacGuffin to how this all plays out because Perry, of course, killed Trevor Tillerson. It was an accident, but he killed him, disposed of the body. They're trying to cover it up. He gets tired of covering things up and goes and turns himself in. Uh, his mother puts the property up uh, for $500,000 bond. And if he doesn't show up for his court date, uh, he's going. they're going to lose the farm. At this time, Autumn is just going crazy and crazier and crazier as she gets nowhere with Royal. And we start to see her, you know, it's kind of quite literally off her meds. She has a talk with Perry and next thing you know, Perry and Royal are out at this this hole and Perry jumps in. He's gone off to the future, the past. No one really knows, but he's not going to make his court date. And that means that they're going to lose their farm. And I'm pretty sure that it was Autumn's plan is that he is not. Whether she revealed to him what we find out about her later, and that's how she manipulated him, I don't know. Uh, That all remains to be seen. But through different scenarios, we know she's a person of means. Uh, She has... I think a trust fund or something that's that's brought up, uh, so you know that she's using this play to to get a hold of the Abbott land. And without going into too much detail, uh, you know about the ending. That was probably one of the biggest. Other than Josh Brolin uh, being from 1886 and coming through this this time portal of sorts, the other big reveal is that Autumn is actually Royals grown-up granddaughter amy from the future we see amy get a cut on her head as perry lets everyone know that he's turning himself in or has turned himself in Uh, there's a big fight she ends up getting caught in the middle of it and gets a cut on her forehead as a nine-year-old little girl and when royal is about to do autumn in Uh, he realizes that she has a scar where that same cut on Amy would have been. So Royal deduces that this is his granddaughter from the future. So it really explains how much, how she knew so much about Royal or seemed to know so much about Royal and who he is, the kind of man he is, uh, seemed to know so much about the land and maybe not so much what makes it special. uh, Although, You know, coming from the future, I'm sure she knows something about what's going on, at least more than she's letting on. But it really did. I loved that last scene with Josh Brolin and Lily Taylor. Uh, Lily Taylor is sitting at the kitchen table that they had set all out for, for dinner once everyone came home. And she's sitting there realizing no one will come home because... Rebecca comes out of nowhere. That's uh, Perry's wife and the mother of Amy. Uh, and she takes Amy. Perry has disappeared because he's jumped down this this time warp hole. Rhett has won his bull riding championship and he's leaving town with his girlfriend. Royal Abbott's so full of secrets. Uh, she feels like uh, Celia feels like he's checked out a long time ago. And... All the while, dinner is cooking in this crock pot behind her, and it's bubbling and boiling. And it almost feels like the pressure cooker that this this whole story is about. And Josh Brolin goes into this big monologue about how uh, where he came from, this hole, how this hole is not just a rip in the fabric of time, but it's torn their family apart. And she just kicks over. This table, and they do it in slow motion, and it's it, it's very telling because this table, uh, the symbol of family, and a symbol of their family, they always ate dinner at the dinner table, like traditional families do. And she knocks it over, and it, it really sets up where this family is at because it's not a family anymore. She realizes that. Uh, like I said, you know, she has that scene where Amy's gone, God's gone. She's she's lost her faith. She's lost her faith in this family, and uh, I, I don't think she knows what to do, where to go. Where do they go from there? Are they ever gonna be a family again? It was pretty pretty powerful scene. But then he reveals to her that no, Amy's not gone, uh, not really. Because, as it's mentioned several times throughout this, nothing's ever really gone. And they end on that kind of quasi-reveal to Celia that Autumn is Amy from the future. Like I said, there's a lot of shit going on in this. It's multifaceted. It's It, it can feel, uh, you know, just sitting here trying to talk about this and tell it. I I, I didn't even tell you everything that went on. And it's just still felt like a lot. There's a lot of characters. All these different characters have their own little stories. And each story, like I said, feels like a pressure cooker that's just building pressure until it's going to blow. Or like a keg of gunpowder with a really long fuse. You don't know when, but sooner or later, that fuse is getting shorter and shorter and it's going to blow. And... Each character felt like that, and the story as a whole felt like that. But because beyond the the time travel aspect of this, this is about uh, a lot about the unknown and the known. Uh, there's a there's a billboard that we get several glimpses of, uh, especially in the last two episodes. At the very least, it says, uh, "America tells you that the only things worth knowing are those which can be known. America is wrong." And that kind of ties into, you know, uh, Royal Abbott does this monologue at the beginning where he's talking about Kronos. Now, Kronos, you know, split the fabric of time and created uh, a separation between Earth and heavens, kind of a metaphor for the unknown and the unknown. But that is really what so much of this uh, series is about, what we think we know and what we don't really know. And what I know is that I I don't know anything about what's going on. Uh, this this hole, this this mineral or whatever it is that's creating these these time portals is just very. It, it's interesting, and I'm I'm not saying this in a bad way, but like I don't know what the rules are for it. There really are no rules. Royal falls in and he goes a couple years in the future. Uh, you've got Buffalo and quite possibly Native Americans uh, coming out from the past. You got Royal, who came uh, to the future from the past, uh, almost 80-some years. And I'm sure that's something that's going to be delved into in a future season or or seasons, uh, if we're so lucky as to get more than one season out of this. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know what the rules are for time travel in this. Uh, it's established. You can go in the past. Uh, you can go into the future, but the hows and the whys, that's interesting. And I think, like I said, this Autumn character, I think she knows more uh, Autumn slash Amy from the future. I think she knows more than she's letting on. I think she knows more than she's revealed. And I think when she's not acting like the batshit crazy Offermeds cult leader, uh, I think we may get some more answers out of her. You know, her and Royal have had this adversarial relationship throughout this whole series. Uh, Now that he knows she's his granddaughter from the future, is it going to be more of a a friendly relationship, a work-together relationship? That remains to be seen. And what about the Tillersons? Billy's gone. Luke's discovered the... uh, the mineral or whatever it is. Uh, I don't know if he got stampeded by all those buffalo, but Wayne seems to be back on the mend after Billy fed him some of that, uh, that that black mineral. Wayne Tillerson's a strange wife, Patricia. uh, She seems to be more cunning and manipulative and power hungry than he does. Uh, So, you know, how is she going to play into this? It all just leaves a lot of questions that were not answered. I mean, we've got a couple big revelations. Royal Abbott coming from 1886 and Autumn being a future version of Amy. Those are some huge reveals. But as far as this, this time travel aspect of the show, where it came from, what it means, all these symbols, there's this symbol that looks like a circle with a two lines that make almost like an arrow. It almost looks like an A without the uh, cross in the middle. Amy says it looks like a, a version of their Abbott Ranch brand. What does this symbol mean? Where did it come from? Is it going to be aliens? I, I'm still holding out hope that we might get some aliens somewhere along the line. No, I'm not holding out hope for that. But uh, but it, 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 like I said, just so many questions were not answered at all. And while we did, like I said, got some really cool, huge reveals, uh, there's just so much story to flesh out. Where did Perry go? Did he go to the past? Did he go to the future? Last time we saw Rhett and his girlfriend, they were in a car accident. Who's going to clean up the mess of made when she kicked over the dinner table? And Rebecca, Perry's estranged wife, uh, running off with Amy. How much of this plays into this story? Because it's really implied that Royal had something to do with her leaving. Now I've heard a lot of fan crafting, fan theories that she's from the future and she fell in the hole. I don't know about all that. I think her, I think it was established that her and Perry had a big argument before she disappeared. And I think there was some disagreement. Uh, She wanted to leave she maybe she was having an affair uh for some reason she she was leaving or she had something on him or I don't know what but i think royal ran her off and i think she finally came back now could it be that she did go fall into the hole and was in the future and is going to you know inform amy of all this stuff i don't I honestly don't think so, but nothing's out of the realm of possibility. But I think Royal had something to do with running her off. Now she's back, and I think her influence in Amy is going to make what Amy does as an adult in the future, that kind of antagonistic relationship she has with Royal when she comes back from the future. I think that's going to play into it. She has that antagonistic relationship with Royal because she's been poisoned about who he is from a mother that was run off by him years earlier. Who knows? Uh, Like I said, those are uh, just some of the many questions that still remain unanswered that I'm hoping we're going to get in a season two. Now, are are we going to get a season two? I, I don't know. It hasn't been announced just yet. I would have to imagine. I mean, this isn't Netflix. Netflix, you can have a series that does great. Everybody loves it, like uh, Archive 81. And they don't want to pay for production value. So they're going to go sign a bunch of shitty reality shows, a bunch of Hallmark Channel cast-offs, and a bunch of docu-series on serial killers that are really cheap to make and and screw any quality programming. Outside of Stranger Things and The Witcher, I don't think Amazon's like that. I think Amazon has a plan. I think they they understand that uh, shows take time to to build build audiences, and they've done that with some really good shows. And there's a lot of good reviews on this, so I, I think we're gonna get a second season. When that's gonna officially be announced, I don't know. But uh, of course, uh, keep it. Keep it locked with Odds Vodkin's Curiosity Shop because we will pass that along as as soon as we get the chance. But I'm excited for a second season. I really enjoyed how they they did this. Uh, They offered up two episodes every week and each pair of episodes were directed by the same person. Alonzo Ruiz Palacio did the first two episodes. Uh, Jennifer Getzinger did the second, two, uh, second, third, and fourth episode. Amy Cimetes, who played Rachel Creed in the horrible, horrible Pet Cemetery remake. I don't hold that against her, but uh, she, you know, a fine actress, uh, she actually directed uh, episodes five and six. And then, of course, uh, Lawrence Trilling did uh, episode seven and eight, and all really solid episodes, uh, all really great episodes. And I like how they they had people directing two episodes at a time and they released them that way because you kind of get a, uh, a vision in, in two episodes from each director that I, I think really, it, it worked that way. And I, I'm interested to see if they they do that again, where they let directors direct two episodes and they release those two episodes at the same time. So if you've watched this, hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I do. I really wish I... I, I don't feel I did this show justice. Uh, I mean, I talked about the characters. I talked about the story. I talked about what it got into. But I don't really think I feel I, I nailed just how like odd and bizarre. Like I said, this felt so much like the creepy weirdness of Twin Peaks. It was very odd otherworldly and and at times unnerving oftentimes you're wondering what what in the world am i watching and and that little aspect of that you got with lost as well at least at some point it's like what what where is this going uh that sort of aspect of lost the time travel aspect of dark love that show and and the confusing (laughs) nature of it uh dark got really uh kind of Oddly confusing about time travel and, and this person's from the past. And this one's from the future. Uh, interesting, but a little confusing. I mean, you had to really pay attention. And I think this show could uh, delve down deep into that as well. Uh, and then, of course, you got that kind of uh, neo-Western feel that we're getting from from shows like uh, Yellowstone Uh, Which I think is a great setting. You know, science fiction and westerns, I don't think, get enough play. And when it's done right, it can really work. And I think it really works in this because, like I said, it just has such a bizarre, unsettling feel to it. Uh, Relationships, even strong family relationships, just have an air of unease about them. Because everyone's keeping secrets. Everyone's harboring resentments. Everyone is... You know, there to go to bat for the family member, but the situations are so unsettling and so odd and relationships are are strained and awkward that it just makes, it makes you feel on edge and anxious throughout this whole, this whole show. And like I said, once you add that pressure cooker element to it, it just, you feel like, like things are there. It's going to blow sooner or later. And then you add a science fiction story on top of that to just add to the creepiness and to the what the hell's going on this of it. Uh, it. It's just such a fantastic show. And all really well acted, really well written, really well directed. It had such a beautiful scene. My only gripe about this series is... And for the most part, they do fairly well with some of the CG. But they have some some CG animals that just are not up to snuff. Uh, like a CG bear that looked clunky, uh, CG elk uh, or deer of some sort. I can't remember what exactly. I think it might have been an elk. Uh, just clunky and awkward. The CG buffalo—it it didn't look real. Uh, that's the only problem I had. Uh, some of the other stuff uh, that they did CG-wise with Hole and, and stuff like that wasn't bad. Uh, it didn't have to be. It wasn't moving. But yeah, when, when you got into some of those bad CG animals, it just it kind of took me out of it. Because I was like, it's, it's 2022. I've seen better CG on worse shows. So I hope if they do a second season of this and they're going to do CG animals, they get somebody a little better to uh, to make those, or, you know, you killed off a couple characters, take their salary, and invest that into the CG budget. But that's my only gripe. Uh, I love this show, otherwise, uh, fantastic, and like I said, if you've watched it, hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I have. If you haven't, and you stuck around through the spoilers, I hope you obviously don't mind, so uh, enjoy it, because uh, this is a, a fantastic ride through... A couple different genres. I mean, you got a lot going on here genre-wise. Uh, you get the drama. You get the mystery. You know, it's not a mystery a whodunit sort of mystery. Everyone knows who killed Trevor Tillerson, but are they going to get away with it? You get the time travel and science fiction. You get a lot of really interesting characters with interesting stories. Sheriff Deputy Joy. Uh, is one of the characters i'm looking forward to seeing more of Uh, because like i said i think hers is an interesting character with a lot of of real estate to to tell more of her story and we just kind of delved into her relationship with her partner her native american heritage she has that scene where she follows that trail of the mineral and opens up to this panoramic view of uh, this Native American uh, tribe, the teepees, and the hunting of the buffalo, and it just looks so beautiful and picturesque. And you know, for a person who feels like their heritage is being uh, slowly erased, to have your heritage spread out in front of you like a like a picture book, you could feel that in her reaction and her gasp. Uh, I, I want some more of that I'm looking forward to more of that with that character and, and what that means to her and getting to know her character a little more and how she's going to deal with all of this that is going on because she's running for, she's running for sheriff and she's, she's in the middle of a lot of shit. So excited to, to find out more and get some more questions answered with hopefully a second season of Outer Range, which hopefully we find out that's confirmed real soon. But again, thanks for listening to my thoughts on Outer Range. I uh, really love this show. Hopefully you do too. And you can find out all about what's going on with Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop with all the shows and movies that uh, you love or maybe will hopefully love uh, on our Facebook page. Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Always posting trailers to the latest uh, movies and and tv series and posting articles uh you know we don't talk about books and and music as much as it pertains to horror fantasy and sci-fi but we do that as well when we have the opportunity always sharing articles from all around the internet about the genres we love and currently uh i am reading firestarter i'm trying to to get through that as fast as i can because uh firestarter actually comes out today and I you know, little little side note: uh, My wife and I are both both have COVID right now. Don't know how we got it. A little pissed off about it. I've been trying to be really careful, vaccinated, masks, and hand sanitizer and all that jazz, but we got it. So I can't go to the movie theater, but I dropped a few shekels and got uh, Peacock. I'd rather go to the movie theater, support it that way, but uh, but I'm at least going to get to watch it on Peacock. So uh, coming up on Monday's episode, uh, we're going to talk about Firestarter, the brand new movie. Going to kind of compare it to the original Firestarter film with Drew Barrymore. Uh, we're going to talk about how it compares to the book And I'm really looking forward to this adaptation because I think it looks like it could be really strong. I thought that about other Stephen King adaptations that have come out recently and been sorely disappointed. But you know what? Gotta watch it first to find out. And we're gonna be talking about that on Monday's show. So you can find out more about that at Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on Facebook. And no matter where you're listening to this podcast, please leave a review. Five stars would be awesome. Uh, Like the show subscribe to the channel or subscribe to the podcast Uh, download it uh, share it with your friends family and neighbors who love horror fantasy and sci-fi uh we really do appreciate the support we really do appreciate you getting the word out there you know i don't make any money doing this i'm doing it for the love of the genres that that we all love and your help in spreading the word uh, about this podcast really helps validate what i'm doing so Hopefully you enjoy what you're listening to and can't wait to talk to you again on Monday about Firestarter. So until then. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop.